Hello and welcome to Today in Space. Uh, we're actually recording this inside of the AG3D printing lab right now because we are in full production for the Starship pens that we're working on. So there's, there's been a lot of different changes since even just the last episode. We've iterated so much since then and we got far enough that uh, we were comfortable with just letting them loose. So a few updates for the pen itself. We actually moved away from printing it on the FDM printer. Um, part of the reason was each pen was going to take like 14 hours um, with that super fine 0.2 millimeter nozzle. So the great thing about that is that once it's off the printer, it can it doesn't need to be painted. It's just silver and it's ready to go. But with production and being able to turn these around and, and not have to charge you guys an arm and a leg for these things. Uh, we actually ended up going back to resin and just to give you a comparison, the FDM printer with the filament would have taken 14 and we could print 10 of these pens at a time and it would take seven hours to print. So a huge, huge difference. You know, the resin printing is a little bit more difficult. So we, you know, and it also, it involves cleaning the resin off and you've got to gear up, you've got to wear gloves, you've got to uh, have a mask on. And I've got that all set up and, and our labs are ready for that, but it is an extra step. But the time savings and how quickly we're going to be able to do these is, uh, you know, seven hours for 10 of them is way better. So that is awesome. We're going to be sharing so much more here as we get ready to release these on ag3dprinting.etsy.com and our Etsy store. And that should help it so that, you know, most folks around the world will be able to access this um, and get some kind of shipping. If you run into any issues, just email us at todayinspacepodcast at gmail.com, uh, ag3d.engineering at gmail.com. Either of those, you can reach out to us. But yeah, lots of projects. Uh, lots of progress with the Starship pen, and we're really looking forward to launch. So we'll share more on that soon. If you guys have any questions about it, if you'd like to learn more about how we're doing this or, you know, kind of the design process, we, we are going to do a video on you, on our YouTube page for AG3D that's going to be a little bit more around the process of, like, bringing an idea into reality from, like, a concept to design to manufacturing and then making it into a product so yeah lots of cool stuff if you have any questions about that or if you're looking to do a project yourself reach out to us that's what we do here in this lab uh ag3d you know hit us up uh whether for whatever it is that you're looking to do um free quotes and we're happy to chat with you and see if there's there's a project we can work on together uh-oh father's day is right around the corner and you haven't gotten your dad anything yet but don't worry that's where the sponsor of today's show, Manscaped, comes in. You and I both know he needs some serious grooming in his life, so grab your dad or husband, the Performance Package 4.0, and he'll thank you for helping him tame his beast. It's a win-win situation for both mom and dad, or dad and dad. Get the man in your life something uh, for Father's Day. Uh, Manscaped.com, use code word SPACE for 20% off and free shipping. 
The Lawnmower 4.0 is one of the great trimmers that's out there. Uh, you can even get it a little bit wet in the shower and use it pretty much everywhere. The LED light is fantastic, 4000K spotlight, so you can actually see where you're shaving. Uh, and it's got that ceramic blade so that it has less of a chance of nicking your skin, especially the sensitive skin. Uh, there's the Weed Whacker 2.0, which is your nose and ear trimmer for the dad in your life. And there's also amazing products like the Cologne, the Crop Mop, Ball Wipes, Crop Preserver, Ball Toner, and Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant. Uh, but there's also stuff for... Uh, other parts of the body, just like the beard. If, you're, if your dad's a beard guy, the best tool that I have right now for my grooming is the Beard Hedger Pro. And the Beard Hedger Pro kit is amazing. It comes with everything you need to groom your beard. Uh, it's one of my favorite products from Manscaped. And the great thing about it is you've got 20 different lengths on one tool, and you have one of those plastic clips. And the Pro Kit comes with a brush and beard oil and beer balm and, and, and a comb uh, that I, I use for all the hair uh, on my head and on my face. Uh, it really comes with some great stuff. It's got a great travel pack. So a great thing for the dad in your life. Code word space, 20% off and free shipping. And there's still time to get it for the dad in your life. So code word space, manscaped.com. Get your dad something nice. And that's it, folks. Let's get back to the show. You know, for this podcast, there's a lot of times where I will have something planned. You know, I'll have a structure. I'll be like, yeah, we're going to do it this way, and I'm going to be so good, and I'm going to plan ahead of time, and, and it's not going to take that much time. And then space events just happen, and they completely take over my thought process. So um, we're going to do another episode where we're going to cover the stories uh, from May and kind of stuff I want to pick out. You know, I gather these things all the time throughout the day as I get alerts and as I'm looking stuff up for space. So, you know, there's a lot of times where it just kind of, there's just so much going on that it's it's hard to uh, keep up with it. So this is one of those weeks where I'm going to take another week to do that and instead talk about some of the latest stuff. Like the rocket ship pen is something I'm spending a ton of time on. The other thing that happened last week since the last episode is the NASA panel that live streamed for about four hours about 30 minutes of it was them breaking for lunch but there was a four-hour meeting with a bunch of individuals and experts cosmologists astrophysicists astronauts scott kelly was on this uh board there uh and data scientists there's someone from the faa faa there was a uh, as they stated a recovering uh lawyer so there was a lot of different folks on this panel for UAPs, or as most people know it, UFOs. And aliens and unidentified flying objects or unidentified anomalous phenomena, it's something that is super exciting. And we hear me, myself, I'll speak for myself here, uh, I, of course, would love to find out if there was alien life out there in the universe so i was definitely interested in you know while i'm sitting in traffic going to work during the week you know listening to this first discussion now don't get me wrong it was extremely dry and you know it's kind of something anyone who works in a stem field who has to gather data or do a report on something and and prevent uh, present data or evidence to back up the decision that you're trying to have people make as a team 
In this case, NASA is being tasked with being able to analyze the unknown, right? Something that NASA does very well. That's part, you know, going into the unknown is the reason why we went to the moon in the first place. It's the reason why we have the New Horizons spacecraft that flew by Pluto. It's the reason why we have all the rovers on Mars and we're trying to see if there was life uh, there. We found definitely evidence of water. Uh, and then the next question is, are we finding life? And so it actually isn't that far of a stretch. And this was kind of what they were saying at the beginning of this UAP meeting was that, you know, this is something that is well suited for NASA. Now, a, a few things came up uh, in this. I, I do want to do like a quick review of it in a few in a future episode here. So what I want to do right now is ask you your thoughts. I want to know, have you been following this? Did you even hear that NASA did this meeting? Um, are you into the UAP topic? Are, would you, are you interested in the search for life out there? Do you think that this stuff is a scam? Like I, I'm interested in all the different ways. If you're a listener of the show, we talk about space, you know, to me, I just, if Carl Sagan was alive right now, he would be on this panel and it would be so fascinating to have him, you know, the author of Contact, right? A very influential book, a book that I'm finally well, listening to because reading books is very difficult for me. Uh, and I have a lot of time and traffic to kill. So I've been going through Contact for the first time as an adult. You know, I, I've seen parts of the movie that was made. Uh, but, you know, I was I really aware of what I was watching? No. So, uh, you know, I've been getting into it. I've been wanting to do an episode on alien life and my thoughts and also ask questions of you guys and 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 share that as well so what i'd like to do right now like i just said tell us what you think hit us up on social media today in space podcast uh at gmail.com is our email today in space pod on instagram and twitter today in space on tiktok and our facebook page which is growing rapidly uh thanks to uh the facebook reels that are hitting out there of our space in the minutes uh, we're almost at a thousand, uh, followers there. So that's amazing. Uh, but you can check us out today in space podcast on Facebook and yeah, we want to know what you think. I know I talk with a lot of y'all in DMS on like Instagram and TikTok and stuff like that. So, um, let us know. We want to share that on the episode. If, if you want to share your thoughts, uh, please hit us up and let's get into this UAP topic. I think the, one of the takeaways, two of the takeaways that I'll share from that meet of that four hour <laughs> uh, investigation is there's NASA and then there's Arrow. And Arrow is the arm of the government that's been tasked with breaking down the classified documents uh, that go through. And, and the big distinguisher here on classified information and, and, and the UAP sightings that we've seen from uh, that have been leaked out of the military and and confirmed and all that you know if an f-35 strike fighter right the advanced uh, next generation fighter jet that uh, the u.s has if that takes a picture or a video of something it's classified even if it's you know they said the statue of liberty was one of the things that they said if it's you know it's not the statue of liberty is classified but if the you know, the instruments, the metadata that comes with whatever video you're taking or you're showing how the system actually reads it, that's classified because we don't want to share 
secrets about how the F-35's system works or the what's the HUD displaying. All these types of things. Um, it's an interesting. It's it's an interesting aside to part of the reason why it's been tough for this stuff to surface. Although I'm I'm not convinced that's the whole story. Regardless, that's one aspect. The classified nature. Arrow is the one that's parsing that out and sharing uh, a wide scope of of that information and then passing it and sharing it with NASA, who is going to be doing the public aspect of it. And more specifically, NASA is trying to figure out how in the public domain we can gather data of these sightings but also develop instruments that are calibrated for observing these UAP. And one interesting thing that came up in this first meeting is the potential of using all of our cell phones and having apps, potentially sensors. You know, there's a bunch of things that these phones are sensing. If there can be, let's just say, some app that gets distributed to the community where people can become citizen scientists whenever there's a UAP and point their cell phones, point their cameras, uh, take sound, uh, location to basically ping and, and tell a whole bunch of other people, hey, there's this thing out there that we're looking at point your phones at this, here's where it is, let's all gather data. And the meeting was so dry because they were talking about the data. They were talking about what good data is. And, and, and as someone who's done this exercise uh, in my day job, at a, in a more professional level, and I've also done it in academia, you know, through my uh, getting my STEM degree, the it was really good to see. And it was very interesting to hear the different thought processes. I like seeing the scientific process uh, in action. And granted, it's just the first meeting, and we didn't hear from everybody, but we did hear from some people. And it's it's good to hear people just scientifically discussing the possibilities and the things that could trip us up and make us think that we're observing something that actually isn't there or is just due to the way things are being, you know, taken data-wise. So do I think there's going to be any crazy revelations right away? No, but this is, this is all, you know, if this is going to actually be successful and is data gathering and all this stuff, um, yeah, having good data is huge. So I, I liked where it was going. Apparently, the public is going to get more involved in this. So uh, we will definitely try and get involved in this and, and share thoughts and potentially ideas and see if we can ask questions to this committee. I think it's a really interesting opportunity to explore the unknown and use the scientific method and thinking in order to do so. And the fact that it's in a public forum, uh, I really like. So we live in a very strange world, folks, and uh, I like seeing scientists start to take some leadership even if it was thrust upon them uh so with with the responsibility um it's nice to see nasa do this uh and and do it in such a public way so i am excited to learn more i'm sure there'll be plenty of conspiracy theorists who are upset and there's going to be just as many scientific folk who are going to be upset because there is definitely a stigma in the scientific minded folk about uh, you know, a definitive that we're alone, which I think is, we don't know. Just just as it's scientific to say I don't know, I, I the, the, the answer to the question, is there life out there, is the to say it is no definitively 
don't believe that's scientific. So there's an opinion. And uh, can you tell I'm hard-nosed on one side of the issue? <laughs> I'm on the issue of the possibility. Unless it's extremely clear that it is 100% or that there's nothing or zero chance that there's anything. Uh, any Most things in life are never zero. So uh, the search for life, uh, I have never been someone to shy away and say that that is not possible but i also want to use a scientific approach to deal with my obvious bias of wanting that to be true uh so very exciting times please let me know what you think and uh yeah let's close this thing out right our next sponsor is caldera lab caldera lab is here to help men get really good skin care without having to have all those extra things that get added in there that just end up making our skin more sensitive, which means we don't end up using it. And Caldera Lab has really high quality products that uh, I've been using for a while here, and it's really made a big difference in my life. So for Father's Day, whether you're looking to get it for uh, your father or maybe your husband or whoever it might be, um, that's the father in your life, Caldera Lab has some great stuff. So code word space, calderalab.com, and check out all the products that are there. Um, for me, I've been using the base layer and the good and the clean slate, and those have been part of my routine. And um, I could definitely tell that my skin is doing a lot better, and I feel better, which is one of the biggest reasons why you would do it in the first place. Uh, this is about mental health. It's about doing what's good for you. Don't go and buy your dad another tie. He's not going to use it. It's going to sit in there. I mean, do dads even wear ties anymore? I don't know. But get him something that he's going to actually use. All the stuff is simple. It's a nice premium product. Glass, cases, uh, jars for everything. And they hold up. And they're not super flashy. But, and it's also simple instructions. So for Father's Day, uh, or just for yourself, to take care of yourself, go to calderalab.com. Use our code word space. Get 20% off the premium products that are there and get started. Um, I'd highly recommend it. Calderalab.com. Use code word space. Or calderalab.com slash space. Thanks for being a sponsor, Caldera Lab. Now let's get back to the show. So we've talked a lot of, you know, about artificial intelligence ai and the from the approach of you know i'm not a computer programmer i'm not someone who is uh a, a, I, i've never prompted really a, uh, any kind of ai until you know this year as as we've started to explore this idea and see you know with all the huge promises of what it's going to bring compared to the doom and gloom of what's out there i really do think there's there's a lot in the middle that that we don't even know and and without using ai uh how can i have any kind of an opinion on it and it's scientific to want to explore and see it for yourself run an experiment that's what i've been doing this year i've been testing out different forms of ai the first one i started using uh, is called otter.ai it's we run every podcast through that the audio and then it pulls together the transcript 
It gives me takeaways and timestamps to the uh, episodes. And so you'll see at the bottom of every episode, or we try to have it on every episode, uh, because it is very time consuming. Otter.ai has helped me do that passively in the background and uh, take a lot of that work out from me having to listen to myself multiple times. That's that's not good for my mental health. So it's nice to have AI as something that I can use to balance um, the madness of, of creating a podcast like this, uh, where most of the time is just me. Uh, then we've used AI to like generate images. I'm trying to remember the name. It was another open AI uh, product. Uh, I found out about Midjourney recently, which I'm, I'm going to investigate, but I haven't used it yet. Um, and there's also some like YouTube apps that I use for putting stuff out that had, uh, as they said, AI generated titles. And um, I even had it write a description once for the episode using keywords. And you know, there's a lot of really interesting uses for it. And for me, it's I'm using AI or trying to use AI in ways that's either allowing me to spend more time on the creative things and less time on some of the mundane things that take time and, and actually suck the energy of wanting to be creative. It just makes it harder to manage uh, that kind of creative flow for something like this podcast and, and designing and 3D printing. That Those things for me are very creative. Um, and so the less that I have to do that's analytical in those times, the better. Uh, so I can spend that brain power doing something else. The other thing is that I tried recently was ChatGPT for the first time. And I, I didn't jump in fully on the hype for ChatGPT because honestly, I didn't understand it yet. That, that is when I went on the journey of talking to people like James Menard and um, we had plenty of other folks here on the podcast. You know, the guys at Machina Labs are using AI so that they can metal sheet form with those two giant robotic arms. And you had Kevin Kelly from, you know, the CEO of Arcfield, uh, who was talking to us about, uh, AI and, and, and how it could be used in space and in, and in life and some of the, the dangers potentially of, you know, AI overpopulating in creation on the internet and is the internet infrastructure even built to handle the kind of creative output that ai will be able to do at scale definitely a really great thought experiment um but for me for chat gpt i've been trying to figure out what i wanted to work on so that i could prompt properly um and 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 honestly i didn't even know what that meant right you know with something like chat gpt people can and a lot of these AIs it's about what you're inputting as a prompt to the computer uh, to the AI that is the the better that you can prompt or speak to it in a way that it understands um, or that you can get the most out of what you're looking for is really the key for a lot of this stuff and so for me thinking about the future a lot of this is going to be people who are great prompters people who can communicate with the AI, uh, and maybe in some cases against it. Um, so I started prompting about a project that I've been working on that I, there are, there are big gaps in my knowledge on software and programming, even though I've done it before, you know, in college, I helped make like a, basically a paperless app for 
chemistry labs and bio labs uh, for kids in my college that would make it so that professors could just have everything go through. Everyone could just bring their cell phone. They'll load up the app and the lesson, and they'll go into the lab. Instead of having all the paper write-outs, we would just have the entire app uh, do all of that, and then you can have the whole submission through there. So that way, you know, there's an even more streamlined process. Now, I'm sure nowadays, this was back in 2010, so I'm sure nowadays there's probably more of this, but um, we definitely jumped the gun. None of us were computer science majors, <laughs> and I think it actually pissed the, their department off that we <laughs> that we uh, chose this beforehand. But I, I went all in on that, and I learned um, how to code uh, on Apple, and I got a developer's license and I was using Xcode and I was using a mixture of different programming languages but I was basically just you know at a big picture trying to understand what I was doing with the app and then finding chunks templates to put in place and then just figuring out ways to get it to demonstrate I wanted to get an app on a phone uh, as soon as possible and we did we got multiple iterations on the phone we got to simulate it in the, the lab process and uh, and show what could be done so that way like a cs team could actually uh do it right computer science team could actually program it and make it work but we could we could show the design right we could show the the application of it which has become what my my true science uh is is, is the application of it whether it's 3d printing or you know communication here at the podcast um but nonetheless i digress chat gpt so one of the projects I've been wanting to work on is, you know, I have uh, multiple food allergies that I have to balance uh, and, and cook all my meals so that I, c- I feel healthy and um, not constantly feeling like I'm <laughs> dying. Uh, but managing that is definitely a big task, and I'm, I'm lucky that I'm, I'm not the only one that has to do that. Um, but definitely the planning of multiple food allergies for two people, one that doesn't have food allergies, is a challenge. And I have been trying to, what I wanted to do was do something similar and build basically a Raspberry Pi-based uh, recipe organizer that will also output the things that we need, right? A list to buy food and all these these different aspects. Go through the recipes that we've been gathering over the years and just like, be able to plan the week, select the recipe, and know what you need to buy, and just go get it. Um, you can even check what you have. Those th- these types of things. So, it's a project that I ran into my lack of programming skills and just kind of like some basic understanding of how to actually build a system like that. So, I asked ChatGPT, and it was really fascinating. I mean, the uh, I'll go through the prompts at another time. But what I realized was I, at the beginning, uh, first of all, ChatGPT output a very nice top-down, simple, like, multiple step. And each step was, like, basically a paragraph. But it was essentially telling me the different parts of this system that I'm trying to build, this this uh, food planner and recipe exporter uh, for food allergies and it did it so fast and then i realized wow okay we can go to a next step real quickly and and then i was asking specifics i i what i was trying to do was have chat gpt start to build some of this code for me that i don't understand um but 
then I realized that I was kind of just going further in my understanding. It would be able to show me what it was, and then I would be able to look at the list and say, oh, I don't know that. Can you tell me more? And so we went back and forth a few times, and each time more and more info, and then eventually I realized it was giving me big picture ways so that I could do it, basically giving me a list of things I needed to do and some direction. And then when I asked it to actually build um, the some of the structure and even like a web application for this planner, it actually started to do it. And granted, it didn't do much, but it set up a lot of the initial stuff, a lot of the stuff that I just don't have the knowledge for, but I have enough knowledge to know what I don't know. So then I could just ask for next steps. And I think we're at the point where I'm going to be able to start building this uh, Raspberry Pi based system for my house so that it can be kind of our local server here um, to, to, to run this and take a lot of this extra mundane work out of us. And so we can just be more creative, right? Okay, this is what we want to eat. We'll just pick those, boop, boop, boop. Now I've got, now we've got the list instead of like spending a lot of time thinking about it because it does take a lot of time. And so now I'll be able to start building this and have ChatGPT as like my TA or like someone I can just keep asking questions when I hit a bump in the road or a rut, like I, I, I'm losing progress because I don't know what to do next. That is the power in progress as a creative person or someone uh, in a project is the, the real limitation becomes your understanding of how to ask the question and not about the topic itself and that seems extremely powerful and it was it took 30 minutes of my life to do that maybe not even that long i mean i copy and pasted like everything that we we said back and forth so that we'll be able to talk about it you know later when the project comes together but it was a lot of fun and uh, I'm looking forward to testing out more AI and sharing it with you guys in case you're interested because I love to know from you and learn from you. If you're actually into this, um, please let us know, hit us up um, and let us know what you're, what you're prompting and building. And if you're not into this and you're just trying to understand it a little bit more or hear an example of how, how it's being used, we'll, we'll definitely be sharing that. So that's it. For me folks um episode 311 thanks for joining us and as you probably hear in the background here um we are 3d printing and what you're hearing that's the filament printer and we're actually printing a hexatube as we're calling it but it is a uh it's going to be the holder of the starship pen it's going to be able to go on your desk it can stand vertically it's got a knurled uh, cap with our logo on the end and there is a starship logo and some hex tiles hexagon tiles that are the same shape as the heat tiles on starship so um, we're pulling out all the stops there will be a today in space patch sticker in there and we yeah we're gonna we're gonna pack it full of stuff guys if you want to support us that is going to be the best way to support us my designs and um and really the podcast right um, so if you guys have been looking for a way to support us, um, whether it's been through sponsors or whatever, um, this is it. This is it folks. <laughs> this, this is, uh, if I, if I could ask for your help on anything, it's, uh, helping us sell all these, uh, Starship pens. So it will be out soon. We will let you know when it's done. We'll keep 3d printing in the meantime.
and we hope you have a good one. So spread love and spread science. Be well, and we'll see you on the next episode of Today in Space. See ya.